Hello, friends. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. Statement of Pride and Adrian. East Coast Fall Tour starting today on Long Island. So if you're in New York, if you're on Long Island, please roll out to that show. Support Statement of Pride and Adrian. Also, if you are in Rahway, Philly, or Upton, please roll out. Support both of those bands doing awesome stuff. Statement of Pride will have From Within Records fanzine on that tour, issue 7.5. So please pick up a copy if you're at the show. Support Cool Zines. Also, One Scene Unity Comp Volume 3 is out. Please do yourself a favor. Go stream it. Go pick up a vinyl before it's too late. It's an amazing compilation. And to think that we're not going to get another one for a while, it's bittersweet. But this journey from volume one to volume three has been awesome and fun. And it's been so cool for hardcore in general. So I hope all of you have been supporting and streaming it. And please, if you're not following From Within Records on social media, please go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram. Click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. Also, if you're looking for high quality merch for your band, for your business, for whatever, please hit up my friends over at Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. They do amazing stuff. I can't wait to work with them again. Please go follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing. If you want to get in contact with them, please email them contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. You can thank me later. On today's episode, I had to track down a longtime friend, Dustin Shaw. He's been a part of hardcore for as long as I can remember. He's someone in my eyes who is really rare because when I look back at my early days of hardcore, there's not that many people that are still around, especially there's not that many people that are still around that are uh, just as active as Dustin, right, for for me going out to Vegas in my early years and seeing the work that he was putting in back then when I was just your normal show goer, uh, you know, thinking that um, I could never book a show. I could never be in a band or anything. I, I didn't know um, what my true capabilities were back then, but to be able to roll out to Vegas and see my friends do cool shit, it was definitely eye opening. And even making those connections back in the early days, right? Um, being from Southern California and having my OGs kind of putting me on and uh, kind of showing us that hardcore goes really far for when they had mentioned like, yo, like we have our friends in Vegas who we have met through touring. You guys got to meet them like you'll get along. And from day one, right, there was a winch mob reign of terror tour, if I remember correctly. Was way back in the day and that hit California and some of the Vegas heads rolled out and we met and it was just instant friendship. And I can't remember something like that, um, you know, happening again. Right. I'm having th these strong bonds. Uh, like we're literally from strangers to friends and it's been a long journey. And it's crazy to, to think that um, just through hardcore, we're able, I was able to meet, cool and solid people that I'm still friends with to this day. I, I'm talking back 2006. Think about that. 2006 to uh, we're in tw uh, 2022. 
insane. So the the amount of memories that we share and the things that we've been through and the things that we've seen just in terms of hardcore, not even outside of hardcore, because obviously we have real friendships outside of hardcore, but it, it's only been a journey. And even having to lie to my parents to, to go to Vegas, I, um, I didn't lie. I, I just didn't tell the whole truth, if that makes sense. I had asked my, my mom because I, I was like 17, maybe 16. I, I honestly can't remember, but I'd ask my mom. I'm like, yo, is it OK if I spend the night at my friend Larry's house? And she said, sure, just as long as you're home to go back to school on Monday. I have no issues. And I just didn't mention that Larry lives four hours away in Las Vegas. And it was definitely a, a really fun trip. Went to Las Vegas, got to see what their scene was like, and uh, just going back and forth for so many years, it, it's definitely something that I hold special in my heart, and I'm happy to know a lot of those Vegas heads, especially a lot of them who help run the scene today, because they put in a lot of hard work, and it's definitely cool to see things popping off out there again. So if you're a band touring the States, or if you're a band in California or Arizona or somewhere you know, within reason, close to Vegas, I suggest you get out there ASAP because they're seeing it is so sick. Ask any of your friends who have played there. They know how to put on a good show. They run a cool scene out there. It's awesome. So it was a pleasure for me to finally have Dustin on the show. It's something I've been wanting to do for a really long time. So it was awesome for me. So please, everyone listening, go support Black Path booking out of Las Vegas. Support Las Vegas Hardcore listen to suffer the loss go seek out vengeance the atrocity complex winch mob Folsom. it's so awesome and we can't forget about um you know all the other good bands there's just too many to name right i i don't want to make anybody feel left out but there's so many awesome bands that have come from vegas and i'm very happy to hear all the new ones that are popping up so please support dustin and all my friends out in las vegas but please strap in without further ado welcome dustin shaw to the show Justin, welcome to the podcast. Be here, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. This is something that I've been wanting to do for a really long time because uh, you and I go back pretty far. A lot of people may not realize this, but uh, 15 years, at least 15. Yeah, because I I, 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 think back to like when you know the, the band Every Man for Himself were still active. I was, uh, you know, like at the tail end of my high school career. So yeah, so it definitely had to have been around that time. That was a long time ago, man. Yeah, and it's crazy, but, but but it's cool to see that you're still around, you're still active, and still putting on for Las Vegas hardcore. Because uh, I'm I'm sure you know it. In the time that we've been around, so many people have come and gone. So for you to still be around and still being an important part of that scene, I I think it's really awesome. Thank you, man. I uh, I'm happy to do it. Honestly, it gets 
stressful because people come in and out, you know. But I love it, man. That's why we're still here, you know. So I, I, I want to know, uh, how did you get into uh, hardcore, especially out there in Las Vegas? Because I, I feel like it, it's such a cool and has like such an interesting history. But for you in your early days, how did you stumble upon it? Um, Probably like a lot of people, strangely enough, through like new metal. Um, I remember I was going to a show with, it was supposed to be Kitty with Killswitch Engage. Um, 18 Visions, Sworn Enemy, who both of those bands I didn't really know, but I went because I was a big Killswitch fan from Uranium, if you know what Uranium is. Um, and I liked Kitty because I was a new metal kid, but uh, Sworn Enemy and 18 Visions played, and I was just fucking blown away by obviously the dancing. And then 18 Visions stage setup was just crazy with the doll heads on the sides of the stage and stuff, but. From then, I was just hooked, man. And that was like 2002, maybe 2003. Mm -hmm. So I was like 14, 15. Okay. But that just opened the floodgates, man. 18 Visions kind of took me to Trust Kill and then Trust Kill to Ferret. Ferret, you know, the list goes on. But and that's kind of what brought me in there. For you being that young, um, back in the day, uh, what was the local scene like? Because obviously th that show that you just named was a bigger show. Um, those bands are uh, pretty well established. But after you having that experience and you trying to figure out what's going on on a local level, what was that whole situation like? So I, I kind of ventured in solo. It wasn't something like I had friends that were already going. There was people at school that I kind of knew that were going to shows, which would be like the lynch mob guys eventually. Um, I kind of found it through message boards, like the local scene. And there was a venue called Hammer House, which was ran by Folsom. So that was my first venture into like actual hardcore and not like the hardcore in the bigger rooms, you know? Mm -hmm. But on Broken Wings, Shattered Realm, Rule to Live, all these bands played the the Hammer House, and that was my first real introduction to the underground scene. And Skate City, too. There's a skate park that did shows, too, but that was the first real, like, underground I kind of discovered here. Back then, uh, who was uh, putting on those shows? Because obviously, in my time, I always just kind of looked at you and your friends as being the people who have always put on shows in Las Vegas. So w when you're venturing to the Hammer House in those early days, obviously, I, I assume the Folsom guys uh, definitely have had a hand in it. But uh, who is the main promoter, if you can remember back then? Well, that'd be Stu, the singer of Folsom Spirit World now. He did all those shows at the yard or at the Hammer House. It was just grimy. It's like four little walls behind a women's prison, just like in the middle of nowhere, kind of very, uh, it had that fear factor to it, like early hardcore shows where you're kind of, anything could happen. It's not as like inclusive. So me going by myself, it was, I definitely looked like someone that's never been there before or a newbie, new Jack, whatever. Yeah. But uh, it was cool. I met Stu one of my first shows, and he gave me the latest Folsom release at that time. 
which was their split with this band Your Mistake from Texas, if you remember them. Mm-hmm. And he just gave it to me and kind of like insists that I keep coming back, and I just did. So little did he know that that seed that was planted that night was going to lead to you being a really important part of that scene, you know, for years to come. But for, for you to get out there alone, did, did it take some convincing? Because obviously you're younger back then to uh, you know explain it to your parents, or were they just totally chill with you going to some junkyard to see some live music? I think they were pretty cool. Obviously, you know, they like willingly let bands play in the living room for that couple years in the mid 2000s. So they were kind of cool with it. I mean, they weren't really sketched out, I guess. I don't know. Better that than partying. So like my other brother, but yeah, yeah, they weren't really too protective. Okay. So you start going to the hammer house very early. You meet Stu, but when is it that you stumble upon your other friends, uh, you know, like the Alberts, the, the Eddie's, the Aaron's. Um, after a couple shows, I kind of started to meet people. I guess I kind of, they kind of realized that I don't want to say I'm for real, but mm. I was consistent. So then I kind of met the people, Aaron, Josh, the winch mob fellows, those dudes. Um, I met Aaron or Albert probably after that, after the hammer house already closed, but Eddie was later. Eddie was kind of leather next era. Okay. So, and we're all still here. <laughs> yeah. No, though. When I think of uh, your scene, those are the names that always come to mind first. And it's cool to see, uh, you guys venture out here for shows so it, it's only awesome to see that not only are, are you putting in work for your own local scene but you're still you know traveling to to get to some of the bigger shows yeah i try man i try to go to the toy drive every year out there well this year's about to be the biggest one yet because uh i'm not sure if, if you've been to that venue but sound and fury happened there a couple years in a row and now the toy drive is going to that venue and it's pr- pretty big that's the same place the Have Heart Year was, right? Yes. Sub-Blasco? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. The lineup already looks solid. I don't know where they go from here, because I feel like they came out swinging with that first announcement, and there's supposed to be two more. So I'm, I'm really curious to hear or even see what, what they have next, because I, I definitely uh, heard some rumblings, but nothing's obviously... Um, official so i'm definitely looking forward to seeing the next two announcements and i'm uh, seeing what they bring to that toy drive because i know uh, a couple of years ago they wanted to uh, just kind of uh, keep it like on, on a smaller level but then uh, i guess uh, you know last year or whatever I, I don't know where this new inspiration came from but for them to uh, you know hit it on this level it's uh, pretty insane but it was, it's definitely an awesome thing that happens every year out here in southern california so it's uh, you know something that i look forward to every year it's such a such a cool thing man okay and i i've always been curious because i'm i managed to go to the uh, hammer house once but it was um you know after it closed and i don't know how that show ended up happening there um it was like i i'm trying to remember who it was it was like i think it was like furious styles uh maybe i, I think hoods as well um i remember that show was yeah that the, so you went there and there was already like a like a stage inside there yeah so the stage, what the stage was, used to be the actual room the show took place. 
Okay. A small little shack. Mm-hmm. And it, it fits comfortably 30 people. Jeez, that's, that's not a lot of people. Because no. from that night, I, I can't remember if it was you or somebody had like a hose there watering down the dirt so it wouldn't get so dusty out there. I remember. I remember Fear Stops been there, I think, twice. Was it the one with the eulogy tour? With, like kids like us, monoloids? No, it definitely wasn't that one because I would have re- re- remembered that tour. Um, I, I don't even know how. Yeah, it was so long ago. But yeah, I, I just remember. Um, yeah, Furious Styles played. There was like a small fight that broke out, and some crazy shit almost went down. Um, okay, this was the one in the time play. I, I'm dude. I only have one vivid memory from that show, and it's of uh, somebody about to get hit with a crazy weapon, but it got stopped, and it was like I was like, yeah. no, yeah. I I vaguely remember that show. I remember it was awkward because I think the thing happened during Suffer Losses set. So it was pretty like, oh, it was random, but yeah, it was that was, cool after. Yeah, yeah, the things got smoothed over once everybody kind of realized who was who, and uh, you know, it was just it was just cross signals, right? A little misunderstanding. I think that's what it was. It was just, yeah. But I can't because I, I uh, you remember Anthony, right? Um, uh, he used to live out there, moved to California. Uh, he, of course, yeah, yeah, and I remember him telling me that he went to see Hundred Demons cast aside. Uh, at that place, and I just couldn't imagine like a crazy. Oh, that show. wasn't there. Oh, wasn't that? It? Was, no, that was at Roadhouse. Yeah, Hundred Demons didn't play Hammer House. It was Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. That was a bigger venue. Okay, that was actually a cool venue. The only older venues I remember was uh, was it like uh, Big Dave's or something like that? Had like a. Uh, that, yeah, that was a warehouse. Mm-hmm. That was cool. I'd only seen videos. I I never actually got to go there because yeah, I'd, I'd only been to Hammer House, Your House, and Leathernecks, and then there was another cooler venue. Um, but I saw some like pop punk shows there. I can't remember the name of it, but it wasn't around that long. Um, it was like in some weird complex. It was like a nicer area. It's probably like a coffee shop, maybe. No, no, I remember the coffee shop. The, you know, the coffee shop was the first time I ever saw Fury. Um, but that was like a, that that vegan coffee shop. I remember that spot. Um, but no, it was like an actual venue. Um, I, I literally can't remember the name, uh, cause I'd only been to one show there. We've, we've had so many venues, man, and none mm. of them last. It's, knock on wood. It's a miracle. The post date show we have now are still happening. Okay. It's like a, it's weird, man. Vegas never, we can never maintain venues, whether it's from drama or the city. Okay, I, I want to I go back to to your house. Uh, when was it that you had the idea, or who had the idea to to throw a show at your house inside your living room? Because normally, you know, house shows that stuff ends up in the backyard, but for you to actually host the event inside your house and for your family to to allow it, I thought it was like the most insane thing. But um, where did that whole idea come from? It was there was a show that was supposed to happen at a venue out here. And the venue just bailed pretty last minute, like the day of type. Mm-hmm. And it was a band. It was, you heard of Ten Crowns from Texas? Yeah. It was that band. They were supposed to play here. And I just kind of threw the idea out there to my mom's fucking shot in the dark, man. And she was down for it because she, she said she used to have house parties when she was younger and stuff. So she was cool with it. And it just kind of 
I don't know, it worked, and then she was down for it going forward. And it was pretty cool, honestly. Yeah, you've had some crazy bands. Like, if I tell people that I got to see, uh, you know, Cruel Hand in your living room, uh, you know, Suicide Silence is, uh, played there, just crazy stuff like that. I, you know, I, I can't believe that something like that you know, happened for so long. But um, I, I'm curious, what was the, you know, biggest, uh, you know, damage as the result of a show from your house? Because it seemed like people were always like, pretty respectful, but I know things happen. But uh, can you think of something, you know, crazy that, you know, was actually damaged in your living room? The walls usually, but there was one time the ceiling fan got pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. That was at, at Suicide Silence. But I mean, considering the circumstances of the shows, the damage was very mild. It was never anything serious. Nothing that couldn't be patched. Yeah. I, A lot of those shows were so packed, man. The, the people were usually the ones getting hit before the walls. Yeah, it was insane. You know, my first time ever experiencing snow was staying at your house. It was. Um, impending doom yeah it was impending doom uh uh involves murder uh uh what the hell was muse mike's band uh the one where he like made the whole show awkward because he said fuck vegas (laughs) and i'm like geez you're yeah i'm like you're a fucking idiot like why would you say that but um i I, i'll just never forget uh uh waking up and uh, seeing like travis murder getting a shovel of snow in his face while he's sleeping on your couch and throwing snowballs at uh, impending doom and falling in your hallway because the ground was so wet from the snow melting i don't remember where that snow came from man it was las vegas there's not snow often Mm -hmm. i I don't remember where that snow came from but there was a ton of it it was crazy Wild night, yeah. But those those are some fun times. It was definitely crazy. Um, who or where did the connection come from uh, with you and uh, Leathernecks? Because that I thought that was um, you know obviously a, a cool venue uh, like a vets hall. But how did you stumble upon that place? Just like researching, man. Um, I'm always been like a nerd for hardcore, like lore. I don't know. Just mm-hmm. like the past, doing my research on older bands and shit, and like I noticed a trend of in the East Coast, a lot of those venues happened in those kind of halls. So I utilized the internet and found some halls, and I would just go and just hall by hall and try to see if I can get them to allow us to do shows. And that one stuck, and it was it had a pretty pretty damn good run, man. It was like three or four years. I felt like, but yeah, just asking, researching, and yeah, did the same thing and found Post 8 recently, which is where we do basically all of our shows. And what happened with Leathernex? Because I wasn't like, you know, too involved in, you know, really knowing the the details. But obviously, yeah, you you did mention a strong run. I saw a lot of amazing bands there for the first time and numerous times. And I I always love driving out there to go to that venue. But how did that spot come to an end? Um, I there's multiple like things, but a big thing was the city started kind of coming around and supposedly like another promoter was upset about shows happening there. So they kind of like basically ratted us out. And then the last couple shows there, people were trying to come and like investigate, take notes and shit. And it was basically scaring the venue themselves 
mm-hmm. out of doing shows to where we had a show booked for one day and we went to set up and they basically had a note on the door. Uh, halls closed, no more shows. And it was just like, fuck. I think we ended up doing that show at the house. But yeah, they basically went rogue on us and that was it. Damn, that's pretty they fucked up. They got steered into quitting. Yeah, they they got spooked. They believed all the haters. Yeah, they did, man. Damn, because I remember seeing um, Elijah there, and you know, knowing that they're from California, but not really uh, ever paying attention. But I'll I'll never forget just sitting on a table. And then as soon as their start set it uh, or their set starting and the entire room was singing along except for me. And I felt like such an outcast. I'm like, shit, what am I missing out on? This is like crazy because you don't really see that too often. Be people going that crazy for a band. So like after that night, that's like when I got, uh, you know, started getting into that band because I was like, dude, this is crazy energy. This is insane. Dude, Vegas loved that band. That band was huge here, man. It was it was unreal crazy times but um, yeah I, I still see uh, their name flowing around people still talk about them so at least they're not forgotten but an, an, another fun memory that i have from that venue is uh, you did uh, tons of fun fest there which was uh, you know obviously a, a cool name but definitely just a cool thing because that was like the first time i ever got to see uh, will to live who you mentioned earlier first time I, I got to see Folsom was in that building so i, I always really enjoyed uh, you know those fests that, that you would put on because you'd have all these awesome bands come out and, and you know for being such a cool thing back then I, I never realized how much work it actually took to put something like that on yeah those were fun, man. It was basically, it was our group of friends just wanting to have all of our friends and their bands in town. Mm-hmm. We were pretty tight knit with Denver at the time, so that's why you saw a lot of those bands on there: Fight Like Hell, Steady Mobbing, um, Killing Kings. Those bands. It was just basically an excuse to get everybody together. And Texas bands, of course, like Will to Live. I loved that band. Mm-hmm. So I always ask them, Flawless Victory. Oh, it's just always a good time, man. Those were fun shows. It was like a different compared to like most fests, but yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah, because it, it it was like uh, brought like a like cool crop of bands, and like I maybe I just wasn't like aware, but like I just it always just felt like definitely a strong presence from the local scene. And then some some kids from California, but it, it just seemed like it was like this really cool, like tight knit thing that, that would go down in Vegas. Yeah. And honestly, I think my last time being there was uh, the only time that I was ever on tour when I was there with uh, I was on tour with every man for himself and uh, First Blood, Bloodline Calligraphy, Death Before Dishonor. That show rolled through and that night was pretty crazy because I'll, I'll never forget one of my most embarrassing moments i was uh, obviously like I, I had to like do my part and uh, you know and being on tour wasn't all fun and games but i was doing the yeah. merch part and then i went in during first blood and i, I like in between songs I, I yelled like oh play tides and the g- guitar player chimed in he's like we already played that and i was like shit and i was like this is embarrassing but it's like i didn't know because I, I was outside dealing with shit um but Tides is a jam, by the way. Dude, song is great. That's a jam. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, I think that might have been my last time at Leathernecks, which was crazy. Because I, I, I remember... I was probably one of the last ones, honestly. Really? It could have been. Yeah. 
do you remember the there's a random show that i can't believe i went to uh joe samson uh dragged me out to to leathernecks uh, but the only reason why i wanted to go was because force of change was supposed to play with death star but for some reason force of change couldn't play so death star covered the bond we share like 20 times and, but, and they didn't even do the whole song they just did like that first like intro and breakdown like 20 times and i was like this is kind of funny kind of cool but we were just talking about that like not even a week ago me and adam legs okay shout out adam they yeah. kept saying shit like this is a fulsome cover, and then they go into the bond we share, or this is a winch mob cover, and they yeah that was hilarious. Yeah, crazy times at Leathernecks, but uh, yeah, definitely enjoyed that venue. Um, but I know that there was a time that you kind of stepped away from the scene and, and took a break from booking shows. Uh, and I never really knew why I, I just figured you got burnt out because you, you did so much. I knew that it, it, it took a lot of work, but if you can remember way back then, uh, can you talk about that time period? Um, well, I mean, obviously there, we didn't have venues anymore. Mm -hmm. It was like beating a dead horse, man. And, uh, I ended up getting a job that consumed a lot of my time. Okay. And, I don't know, six months turned into a year, a year turned into two. And uh, Vegas got, I mean, Vegas got weird, man. Um, so shows weren't really happening. I mean, we did some at Eastside Joe's, if you remember that. Yeah, well, I don't want to say all, but yeah. I went there a couple of times. It happened there just out of just desperation, but mm -hmm. um, that was pretty much it, man. I spent most of my time during that era going to shows in California. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I did go to Eastside Joe's a couple times. I'll, I'll never forget pulling up for the first time, and like we had it turned into like this giant, like dirt lot. And we're like, Are we at the right spot? <laughs> we weren't sure, and then sure enough, there's like this uh house. And I couldn't believe that the, the guy really lived at that house, right? That was the whole case, I, I believe so, man. That, that was crazy. I, and I'm, I don't even know who I saw there. I, I, I think I went there like once or twice, and I was like, This is pretty strange. It's just like pulling up to the hammer house, isn't it? I well, I, I guess I had expectations for the hammer house just because I heard like, you know, stories and stuff. But since yeah. like Eastside Joe's was so new to me and I didn't really know too many people who had gone there, I, I just I I just didn't really know what to expect. Yeah, that place it was cool at first and then it just kinda like I don't know, it didn't feel the same. I don't know, it was very sketch. Mm -hmm. Um I remember there was a show we did there where it was Mild Band, Zabalba. Um, I want to say Beg for Life played, but there was a shooting on that street to where no one could even turn into the lot where the show was. Mm -hmm. So the show was just a fucking flop because no one could literally get there because both sides of the street were blocked off. Yeah. It was a mess over there, man. But. That's crazy. That was Eastside Joe's. <laughs> yeah, for, for anyone who was able to experience that, there was, there was like a little ramp inside the house uh, that people yeah. like, actually skated. Um, pretty interesting. But you mentioned earlier, uh, post eight, uh, is that a, a relief to have something you know, pretty stable these days? It is, man. It's uh, the the good thing about it is the relationship we have with the people. It's basically don't burn the place down. That's that's the rule. Don't burn the place down. So they kind of let us do whatever we want, man. 
Okay. Um, yeah, and there's no fear of them like you know, dipping out like Leathernecks did. No, they're uh they're pretty happy with their situation on the shows mm-hmm. because their bar their bar till does pretty good, but yeah, it's it's a good relationship, man. It's working out pretty good. No, that that's really good to hear. Um, where did you get that spark to start booking shows again? Because I know that you, you you know the offers to get to books of didn't stop coming your way, and you had to turn things down or try to pass them to other people. But it, where did you find that new inspiration to get back into doing what you were doing before? Um, well, Justin from Rich Me Razor was doing shows. Mm-hmm. He um he kind of picked up where I kind of stopped, honestly, and um. I went to this is hardcore one year and that just, it just re-sparked my ambition. So I came back from this is hardcore and me and him kind of talked about it and we decided to just kind of make Vegas a thing again. We wanted to. So him and I drove around veteran hall to veteran hall and ultimately we found two. One was post date and one was this. Um, Elks Lodge and um, we did one show at the Elks Lodge and then that was it there but post eight stuck basically and then everybody else got on board Aaron, Albert, Eddie, Devin and we all just kind of worked as one and just I mean the ultimate goal was to get bands to play Vegas again or want to Mm -hmm. and as cheesy as it is man I don't say cheesy but the goal was like I want Terror to play Vegas because there was the bands couldn't bands like Terror couldn't play Vegas, whether it's because there's no venues or promoters wouldn't take it on. That was like the ultimate like short term goal. And yeah, Vegas was popping. After a couple of shows, we got Harm's Way. Um, there's Harm's Way and Ringworm. And that show was a pretty good success. And then from there we were able to kind of get us get more shows to now we're having four a month rather than four a year, like it was for a while. Yeah. That's, that's insane uh, to think about only having four shows a year uh, coming through. Cause that's hard to keep a scene going. You got to think uh, if the kids are hungry and want to do stuff. And if there's only, you know, four opportunities a year to, to have some light shine through and give the local bands opportunities, but even just the whole scene, uh, you know, the opportunity to, to grow a little, that's uh, definitely not enough. So it's definitely cool to hear that you guys stuck yeah. it through and were able to cultivate and bring people back. Cause uh, I, what I, I just talked to my friends, um, and uh, hold my own. Uh, shout out, uh, you know, Chicago. Shout out, New Jersey. Um, and I, and I, I asked them. I'm like, hey, well, you know, how was the Vegas show? And they were blown away at how well it went. And they just had nothing but nice things to say. So, so it's always cool to hear from my friends who travel out and get to play Vegas. That it, it, it's always a positive response. Like I, I have not heard one bad thing about somebody stopping and playing a Vegas date. That's awesome, man. I actually I missed that show, but. Um, I love hearing that because you couldn't say anything about Vegas for a while other than like it's dead or it was forgotten, man. Not forgotten, but it was skipped over relatively easily. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a big thing is we just, 
we try to give touring bands good shows too. Like that's a that's a priority, man. Um, yeah, that show did really well. A lot of young kids are coming out now, mm-hmm. and I'm not even sure how they found us. It was kind of out of nowhere. Um, I think it was maybe that tsunami show we did, and they found our socials, and, and yeah, that show killed it. Yeah, and the, what the, that was like a Thursday night uh, out there in Vegas. So yeah, Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that, that that's gonna be sick because uh, it, it's gonna be cool to be able to look, you know, kind of take a step back and look at your hard work and see things, uh, you know, uh, very active again because it you know, kind of brings me back to think about when I used to go out to Vegas consistently and how many cool shows and how many people were were always there because uh, I, I don't think I've ever gone to Leatherneck or to your house and it'd be a dud. Yeah, it's it's refreshing, man. It's uh, it takes the stress off, man, when you don't got to really worry if people are going to come or not. Um, there's a core group that come to every show, so it's it makes it easier to plan it, man. And, and as far as uh, local talent, like obviously I, I look at, um, you know, someone like Jet and his circle of friends and like uh, Ian uh, and, and like those kind of bands, but as far as like, you know, outside of that, um, you know, what's the local scene? Like, are, are there newer bands popping up, newer kids starting projects just because they're so inspired by what's going on out there? Um, there's one band specifically, um, dissociate, dissociate. Um, they're more melodic hardcore influence, but okay. super young kids. Like they're still in fucking high school, man. And, um, what I like about them is they just, they get it. Like they know you have to go to shows to get shows. They show up early, whether they're playing or not. Mm-hmm. And they try to help set up and they just, they bring their friends every time. Like not a lot of local bands could play shows and have people actually mosh and form in Vegas sometimes. Okay. And every show we've booked them, they've set the show off. They played that show the other night actually with, um, hold my own okay so that's cool to see like kids are just getting it rather than um expecting it you know no trust me i I, I deal with that all the time yeah so yeah big fan of those kids um chasm is awesome that's jet's newer band Mm -hmm. um dredge i love those kids those kids have a lot of heart too um they even book their own shows they don't wait for someone else to book what they want. They do it themselves too. So more power to them for that, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think it's awesome. Like I just started booking shows out here in orange County and I want it to get to the point where I don't have to, if, if that makes sense, because I, I'm just trying to uh, just kind of set it up to where uh, things are actively and consistently coming through here and where I'm not needed. I, I, I just want to you know play my part now. And hopefully, uh, you know, these younger kids and the, the bands just kind of make it like a normal thing. Because um, I, I always make it a point to, hey, this isn't about me. This is for the whole scene. Like, I'm just trying to keep this shit going and, uh, you know, uh, remind people that, hey, Orange County is an awesome hardcore scene. And to play here when you come to Southern California, because um, there's a, a lot of cool places to, to, to play out here. Right. Obviously, L.A. is a staple. Um, people love going up to the the bay. Like what they're doing up there is legendary. Um, but it's just like, hey, Orange County's still cool. We got cool shit going on. There's a newer band, Major Pain, just signed to Indecision Records. We got to take it to heart. 
uh, you know, Dare's still from here, Fury's still from here. So I, I just want to just kind of keep people like, hey, just just want to know, like, you know, shit's still popping off out here. And um, luckily, the the shows that have happened out here, everything's been cool, and I've I've heard nothing but good things. And I'm just trying to keep it that way. Like, I want bands to come through and have a great experience, and for them to go tell their friends to come play Orange County. Like, we'll get you in a program. Do we got a ton of cool things? Um, if not program, we'll get you somewhere else. We'll we'll figure it out. I've never I've never been to program. It looks cool though. It's like a record store, right? Or record and skate store. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, no, it's it, it's run by awesome people, and yeah, shows always pop off here. It, it, it's insane. Like the last show that I did was on like a yeah, I think it was like a Thursday night or something random. Uh, Shackled, Twisted Cane came through. Major Pain. It, it was yeah, Nick, dude. Yeah. So, um, like, we're we're lucky to to have something like that, just to have a you know, because like it's a legit business, right? During the day, but at night, after they close their doors, they reopen them and become a venue. And so, for, for program to uh, allow something like that to happen, and for people to show up and actually respect the shop and not just trash the place, it's it's something special. Yeah, for sure, man. What they do, they just clear out the floor, basically. Yeah, they they just move like the clothing racks to the side because that's that's basically like what's on the floor like during the day. But like the records, the shoes, everything stays uh, stays in place. So um, people will you know uh, knock over the shoe shelf. People will instantly put it back up, put the shoe back, uh, or put the shoes back. You know the, the best that they can. But yeah, um, it, it's, it's a crazy spot. Th- things get pretty rowdy in there, but like I said, people are still respectful and nothing gets too damaged. Yeah. And that's just, I think that's the etiquette of hardcore too, man. I don't think like most punk shows could do that. They wouldn't give a shit, you know? Yeah, things things get crazy. I, I, I've been to, like, I, I went to that uh, that bridge show before the show, before, before shows started coming back. And I could not believe how, like, wild that was. It, it was insane. Definitely a wild experience. But yeah, it's like, I don't think something like that is supposed to be inside of a building, you know? No, that looked, that looked. That was like a once in a lifetime show, man. But then they did like six of them. Yeah, <laughs> pretty crazy. crazy. Um, I, I only went to the first one because that was that was enough to, uh, you know, get my fix. And I was just willing to wait patiently for some uh, hardcore shows to come back, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then once they came back, it was crazy. They were all selling out. Everybody, everybody missed that energy, man. They needed it. Yeah, I was having to buy tickets early because normally I'll, I, I'm used to just strolling up to the door and be like, all right, let me pay for this hardcore show. I wasn't used to the fact that, you know, these things were, were selling out and so many people were, you know, thirsting for it, which is cool because I, I always express that this thing that we're a part of, this thing that we do, it's not guaranteed. It's only here because of the hard work that everybody puts in behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah we had shows selling out in a day. Like in a calendar day, it was it was unreal. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it, man. Yeah, well, well, it's awesome. It's it's cool that because you know, um, for for kids to be that dedicated and to want to go out, because I I know, I know people were still weary at first about being around big crowds, but for kids to uh, want to come back in full swing and start selling out shows, that that's something great. Yeah, that's huge, man. The anticipation was there, man, because you spent the whole two years watching eight five six videos, kind of like truthfully not knowing when you're going to do it again, you know? Because it was, it was like what three week lockdown, so then two years, yeah, like two was it two years? Shit. 
yeah like i didn't even know that the last show that i went to was going to be my last show because uh at that point you didn't really have any opportunity because the majority of stuff that was already booked got canceled or postponed and there was just nothing going on and yeah my i, I technically like yeah my first show back was that bridge show and then after that i don't remember what it was after that i think it might have been something a program if i'm being honest can't remember yeah but for what you guys are doing out there in Las Vegas, um, you, you're doing it under the banner um, Black Path. Uh, where does that name come from and how did that all start? Honestly, it's a, I'm a big fan of A Death for Every Sin, that band from Montreal. Mm-hmm. And I just ripped everything off from them. Start for the Loss is the first song on their record. Um, the Black Path is a song on their record and I just, I thought it had a cool ring to it and we I actually used it back in the leather next days once but we just kind of roll with that now it kind of works but it's all it's there's no there's no like interesting story behind it it's just a death for every sin worship because I'm a huge fan okay and you mentioned Sarver the loss uh what's up with that band because obviously like you guys were uh, you know, doing stuff when you first started and then you guys uh, were on and off, um, you know, uh, after that. Uh, but what's the current state? Are, are you guys still like doing music? No, so that's dead. Um, we played our last show before the pandemic. It was, I think it might've been our last show before the pandemic. Okay. But yeah, that's just something I, I don't have the time to do anymore to really practice, write, record, I just, I'm too busy with everything else. Trying to start a new band, but truthfully finding the time to actually join the guys because it's already, already like kind of songs are written and stuff, but mm-hmm. just finding the time with my job and stuff has just kind of been hard. So I. S- I still have, and it's at my parents' house. It's in a bin where, like, I have like my most treasured shirts. Uh, but I have a suffer the law shirt, the one that says uh, "most hated" on the back. Um, I'll, I'll bust it out every now and then, but it's like, uh, you know, it's pretty old, so I gotta you know, take care of it. As long as you don't have any of the the CDs, man, throw them away, dude. <laughs> Get rid of those, man. No, uh, unfortunately, I, I I don't have any of the CDs, so gotta track them okay, down. For sure. Um, okay, uh, but yeah, the, the, there's been so many cool bands to, to, to come out of Vegas. Uh, obviously, still a fan of uh, Winch Mob. I, I'm friends with uh, you know Brad Winch on Instagram and Facebook, so uh, it's, it's always cool to see him. Uh, you know, out there living his life, uh, seems happy. Uh, hope he's doing well. But it's like, man, we we, we never got that Winch Mob reunion. Uh, I even yeah. asked a couple times, but it, it just never came to fruition. But I, I had fun. I, I, that band is, is part of the reason why, like, I, I met you guys, is because, like, you know, that every man being friends with them and uh, Justin, uh, you know, swearing that we had to link up with their friends, uh, uh, you know, who were you guys because we would all get along. And yeah, so I, I, I always, uh, you know, thank Winch Mob for you know being a part of like the reason why we all met. And Justin, every man too. Yeah. I mean, uh, we all. I remember the Heavy Hands days, of course, man, but. Our two groups of friends were pretty, like, tight connected, man. I'm still, Devin's one of my best friends to this day. Mm-hmm. Shout out Devin. I, I, he, he's one of the few that, that, that still come around. I, I, I still run into him, see him. He, uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that he's doing well. 
Yeah. Yeah, we all, man, who knew that that friendships would last this long? But we're all still involved. I think that's why, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's um, obviously not everyone stuck around, but it's only... Uh, I, I feel like, yeah, like whenever I run into to Devin, we always have like this special connection because when, when you think back to, uh, you know, uh, early days, uh, you know, going out to, to Corona and seeing, you know, end of time and, uh, you know, fast forward to, to now, it's like n- not everyone stuck around, not everyone's still, you know, um, you know, participating or even supporting hardcore. So, yeah, so, so it's always cool to see the ones that were able to, you know, stick it through and, you know, stay true to uh, the scene. Yeah. But for for out there in, in in Vegas, not a lot of like those older bands stuck around. Obviously, uh, another one of my favorites, Folsom. They kind of uh, you know uh, evolved into Spirit World, which is a cool band uh, doing some some awesome stuff out there. I'm definitely a huge fan of Matt. Um, but yeah, legendary. But for you, if, if you can uh, you talk about some of your favorite local bands over time that have come out of Las Vegas. Honestly, the first one is Misericordium. Uh, I swear to God, Misericordium was as good as their peers. Impending Doom, Whitechapel, like they had their heavier parts were heavier. Everything. They, I don't know if they just never took their band serious or what, but that band was unreal. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the fact that they didn't really get the opportunity to, to take their music on the road. Is just unfortunate because I think they'd probably still be one of the flag wavers of that deathcore genre. Mm-hmm. They did it so much better than everybody, man, because they were doing it first. Like maybe not first, but their their sound was they were doing that in two thousand three, man, and that band was just so good, so heavy live too, unreal. Whatever happened to those guys? Do you still keep in contact with any of them? Um, Nick came around a little bit in the beginning after the pandemic um he's doing well but he's pretty busy with like a career um phil seems to be like a drummer for hire basically okay but he's been just touring with all these just big death metal bands filling in on drums which is for him that's probably pretty cool but um that's about it those are only two i really know or have talked to in the last year but yeah, that band was ridiculous, dude. Yeah, they were sick. I I, I saw them in Orange County one time, which was uh, you know pretty rare. And they played the at at Hoagies. Yeah, yeah. I, I was at the Hoagie show, and then uh, to think that they played um, in Indio, you know, back in the desert, which was crazy. Um, they played Showcase, I think, twice too. Oh, really? I don't know if I ever saw them there. Yeah, they opened. Um, they opened something there. I don't know who it was, but I want to say it was like a suffocate headliner or some shit. But mm-hmm. yeah, they played there. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It does suck when bands uh, seem to have it all, but they, they just aren't like getting that that love. It's like, well, like, what else could they do, right? It's like they they have the the sound even live. They have the performance, but if people aren't willing to pay attention, yeah. They just get skipped right over. People were going to pay attention. I just don't think that they realized what what they had. Uh-huh. I, I don't think they took themselves as seriously as other people did. That, that's my perspective. Okay. I don't think they were ready to be the band that was 
all work, you know? Yeah. Not all work. That's I'm not trying to sound disrespectful, but Yeah, no, no. I definitely get what you're saying. Fun with it, and mm-hmm. I don't think they were ready to take it to that next level. But if they did, man, fuck. Yeah. What was I'm trying to think of the, the other band that was from Vegas that made it big. Uh, yeah, they're a Molotov solution. Yeah, they. I was surprised at um, how big that band got. No disrespect. Yeah, yeah. I, I always thought Ms. Recording was the better of the two. Mm-hmm. But Molotov had the work ethic, man, and they. Well, they they did pretty well. Whatever People happened? Still want them to play shows. They they're still asking for it. I don't know any of those guys. Do, do you think that would ever happen? Um, I think it'll happen. I've been kind of trying to press the issue with them. It'll happen, but I don't know if it'll be anytime relatively soon. But it'll eventually happen. Okay. I'm sure. Like a Black Path production. Um, if they want to, I'd be down. But they could probably do it on their own if they really wanted to. But hopefully we can work something out. I always thought the atrocity complex was going to make it big but oh they were cool man i love those dudes. dude that band was so sick I, I i loved just every opportunity that i got to see them live but i don't you know shit just happens i man i don't even know what happened to those dudes to be honest that's the craziest I thing i couldn't even tell you because they were never like the kind of dudes that were on social media mm-hmm. even like facebook you know they were or myspace i mean they weren't really, they were just kind of themselves, man, which was cool. Very cool. But when they disappeared, it was like, there's no way to, to find them, you know? Yeah. Whatever happened to Aaron's band? I always bugged him about that. <laughs> a vengeance, right? Is that a, hopefully he doesn't get I'm mad that I'm bringing this band up. Um, I don't know, man. They played a couple shows. It was funny. God, Aaron, you know, what's so funny about Aaron. Um, one of the uh, you know few times during the pandemic um, where it's like, what the fuck are we going to do? So me and my buddy um, from out here, Garrett, he has never met Aaron before, but um, he was like, dude, you, are you down to go to Vegas? And I was like, sure. I was like, I'm a buddy uh, you know, who I know would probably be down to like meet up. So reach out to Aaron. We meet him at Cracker Barrel, right? And uh, and you know how Aaron is, right? Uh, and, and this is like yeah. n- no dining in, like you, like you have to you know, take it to go. So we take it to go and we just figure we just eat in the parking lot or something. Aaron literally parks like two parking spaces away, does not want to get anywhere near us. And my, my buddy Garrett from out here, he was like, hey, like, is that dude serious right now? Uh, does he really like taking it like super like crazy serious like that? And I was like, oh, I was like, I, I forgot to explain. I'm like, yeah, Aaron's Aaron's like that. Just just don't take it personal. So we <laughs> literally just had like it was like probably lunch by that time. And, and like we just like talked from like, you know, like literally like two parking spaces away. And it was like the funniest thing. I, I cannot get over it. You're like. 12 feet away from each other yeah and it's like dude aaron we literally drove four hours like it's, it's not that crazy that's how he i had a fourth of july party that year mm-hmm. and he kept his distance at that too so tell garrett it's all good man <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure yeah i'm sure he'll hear this um but yeah uh, that was pretty funny but um, yeah vegas has always had cool bands throughout the history so it's, it's definitely cool uh, these days to see uh, new bands still popping up. Yeah. I think Chasm's great, man. I don't know if you've heard them yet, but... No, I, I haven't had a chance to, to listen to them. It's like, I don't want to say crowbar worship, because it's kind of more than that, but... Mm-hmm. 
it's pretty good, man. I'm a big fan of that. Um, Dredge, I think, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. End of Everything's sick. They're, um, they kind of remind me of like that Strife era of hardcore. Yes. No, I, I definitely agree. So I think that's cool. I love that. But who else? Close Combat 6. They have some new stuff coming out that's actually really, really good. Um, in Prison is another newer band out here. Mm-hmm. Same same group of dudes. They're they're in like a million bands. I don't know how they do it, but um, that stuff's pretty sick. Very reminiscent of like old New York hardcore. Um, they're playing that Combust show we're doing. Okay, I love Combust. I'm I'm stuck that they're so good. yeah. I'm, I'm stuck that they're touring. Yeah, that that, that new record is insane. Um, I'm I'm definitely stoked to see them out here in California, and I'm stoked to hear that they're making a stop in Vegas. They hit us up on Twitter to to do the show, and it's like there's like two DMs in our fucking Twitter. It's it's Combust asking for a show, and then some some fucking girl trying to be like cancel culture ask about people at shows. Okay, hilarious. But um, yeah, I was like, fuck yeah, I'll book this band because I was a big fan. Mm-hmm. And usually we don't get active on Twitter like that, so to see it was kind of random. Yeah, that was a no-brainer, man. I love that that new record. Yeah, they're representing New York hardcore very well. Uh, so, what what's the normal way that people should uh, get in contact with you if they want to get a show going? We usually usually through email is how we're used to it. Mm-hmm. It was just I'm not saying it was the wrong way at all. Just I was surprised because we usually don't get um, messages on Twitter, so it was just kind of like a surprise to see, but. Usually we just have the Black Path email, Black Path booking at Gmail. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny to open it and see like the one DM is this and the other <laughs> one's like somebody saying your friends are racist. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to ignore those hands of people because I've been in similar situations like calling for like, why haven't I taken action on certain things that, that have been going on? And it's just like, dude, I, I'm not the person. Right. I'm just a normal guy. I'm, I'm nobody special. I just uh, do this podcast and, uh, you know, that's about it. I'm not here to try to, um, you know, serve, serve the people on what they think is right or wrong. I'm just here doing me, um, you know, tune in if you like, um, tune in if you, or, or, you know, if you don't like it, you don't have to tune in. Um, but it's just like, yeah, it, it, it is crazy. Some people are just like ridiculous. And, um, you know, I, I feel like sometimes they're just like, Maybe a little crazy. It's the people that don't even go to shows, man. That's the worst. That, that, that right. definitely is the worst. Where people want to try to control and dictate the scene when they're like not even really actively participating, right? They just have like they, they might have been around for a bit back in the day, and they think that like that's enough to to speak on what's currently going on. It's just like no, like this thing is always moving, always evolving, always changing. So it's like if you're not actively coming around, it's like I, I don't feel like. Um, you know, you, you really have a say on what's going on. You you might be clueless. You, you nailed it, man. That's one thing I wish. I don't wish, but like when I started going to shows, I didn't really know anybody, man. And if you, if I did some of the stuff kids think they can do now at such an early um, time frame of being involved, mm-hmm. like 
you'd be shut up, man. Like, kids will go to shows. They go, they think they can pay like 15 bucks, go to two shows, and then think they can tell people who've been going to shows for 20 years, well, it's what? It's just, um, I'm glad you feel comfortable here to do that, but man, sorry. Yeah, so we not the move. I had some dude. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll never forget this guy. Um, it was it was at uh, I'm pretty sure it was the Shackle show. Um, and we, we like to do cash only, right? Because I have to pay out the bands, whatever. So I, I just like to just right. keep it simple. Uh, just bring cash. And th- this guy walks up to the table, and he was just like, "Oh, I I don't have any cash. Do you take Venmo?" And we're just like, "No, nah, man. There's like an ATM like right there at the corner. Like it's, it's cash only." And he kind of like gets flustered and he kind of like looks at me and he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, you know, I know everybody in the band, right? And I look at him and it's like, I know everybody in the band. I've never seen this kid before in my life. He's never come around to any of the shows that I've booked or any of the shows that I'm even at at this place. And I tell him like, dude, I don't care who, you know, like it's $20. Like you got to pay. Like if you're not with the band, I literally handed out all the wristbands to the bands earlier. And if you don't have one, like you're, you're you got to pay if you want to come, if not leave, I literally don't care. You're being annoying at this point. Um, and then uh, eventually he he goes to the ATM and gets cash out to to get into the show. But it's like, dude, like, like I'm, I'm, there's a price tag to get in for a reason, right? These bands are traveling here. They got to get paid. The money's not for me. It's for them. So it's like, you know, you, you're being not only disrespectful to me, but you're being disrespectful to the band. You're being disrespectful to everybody else that paid. Like you're not any more special than anybody here. So it's like, you have to pay if you want to get in. So it's like, get out of my face. It's so what are you going to do? Like, okay, here's, here's 60 in cash. What's yours? What's your Zell? I'll sell you the rest. Like, get the, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to make it easy for everybody, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. It was wild. The the audacity, but it's just like, yeah, it's like, dude, like just support like everybody else. Like and if you don't like it, book your own show. Yeah. So seriously. Yeah, and, and, and I, I always tell people that too. It's like you, you don't have to come to my shows if you don't like what I'm doing. Like you have the same opportunity that I have, right? Like I, a couple months ago, I was brand new. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I, I figured it out. And it's like, if you want it bad enough, you can do the same thing. Yeah. It just takes effort, man. Yeah. And surprisingly, a lot of people don't want to put in that effort. They want everything uh, to, to, to be placed there in front of them. Uh, and it's just like, no, like it, it doesn't work like that. Like th- this whole thing that we're a part of takes effort. And that's why, uh, you know, the, there's people who stick around and then the, the, there's people who, who get over it, which I, I totally get. Right. It's like, they obviously are, are here for the wrong reasons. They didn't get what they wanted from hardcore, uh, which is fine. It's not for everybody that that's what I, you know, have, uh, you know, grown to learn, but it's like, yeah, like, like this thing's going to fall apart if we don't all play our part. Yeah. That's why we kind of got back to doing it. Our group of friends, at least. Because mm-hmm. we felt it was falling apart. What about the like generation before you? Do a lot of those guys still come around? Because I, I often think about some of the ones that had like an impact on me as a young kid, you know, going out to Las Vegas for the first time. Like, I, I remember um, uh, Larry, uh, he was like, he let us stay at his apartment. And then I used to see him because uh, he'd be on the road with Folsom. But then just, you know, life happens. And I just never heard uh, like about him again. And uh, I'm always curious about like what happened to people like him. He, uh, well, a lot of them just kind of fell off, man. Kind of, they just kind of, they weren't getting what they wanted out of it anymore, I would think. 
Mm-hmm. So they didn't they didn't include themselves anymore, I guess. I don't know. That's sad. Once Leathernecks kind of went, a lot of stuff kind of changed. Because the shows weren't as big. You had to you had to go to like house shows or East Side Joe's. Well, East Side Joe's was way after, but mm-hmm. shows just weren't the same. And then once they weren't as popping and they didn't get like the popularity out of it that they wanted, I guess they just kind of fell off, man. Not necessarily Larry, but, but a lot of other people too. But I remember I went to... They didn't need it anymore, I guess. I don't know. I went to a show at somebody's house. They had like booked Acid Rain. And I'm like, I don't know whose house this is. I don't know who would want to do something like this, but... I got to see acid rain. So like, let me go. And it was, it was interesting. Ran into some, some people from California. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's cool to see that even like through those rough times, people were still trying to make shit happen. And I, I feel like maybe times would have been easier if like everybody kind of stayed solidified together and, you know, helped each other and not just kind of have to step away just because, you know, they weren't getting their egos fed or, or whatever. I, I feel like if it was, for the scene, you know, things maybe would have been a little smoother. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think the East Side Joe's thing was no one wanted to go there, man. Um, if you were in like the group, like the crews or like the OGs, like us, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. you weren't necessarily worried about going to East Side Joe's, but outside, not outsiders, but the younger kids, they didn't want to go there. Their parents wouldn't drop them off there. They wouldn't. They didn't really feel safe there. You can only pack so many people in there. Yeah. And it's very, very grimy. I'm sure. I, I doubt the band liked playing there too. Every time I went there, I felt sick afterwards from that fucking asbestos. But. <laughs> it's yeah, it's something a trip. Um, but shit, fuck it. Uh, you had to. Uh, you know, do what you had to do to make shit you know, at least happen. But at, at least you guys were able to move forward, right? Because at least that wasn't the end, right? Eastside Joe's, yeah. you guys were able to, to to move past that. Um, but as far as uh, you know, we're getting here towards the tail end of the year. Um, do you have plans to do anything you know, bigger next year, or like w- what are your goals uh, for Black Path and the scene out there in Las Vegas? Um. Next year, I I think we need to try to start finding a bigger room. And um, I'm trying to throw like a little banger the first weekend of February. Okay. Um, not a fest. I, I think fests, everyone's doing the good ones right now. So I'm, I'm not going to even bother trying to do a fest. But maybe like a 10-band banger first weekend of February. Um, but... I want to try to get into bigger rooms, get some bigger shows coming to Vegas. We get, even outside of hardcore, I think there's still shit that skips Vegas. And I want to try to get those those tours coming here, man. Um, and obviously still handle those shows at Post State, of course, but um, there's a lot of other bands we can still, I think, get here. A lot of the promoters... I don't want to say above us, but that book in these big rooms, I don't want to say they're out of touch, man, but they, they don't bring the right stuff. They were missing these like dying fetus tours or Acacia strain tours. And there's the rooms in the city to do them in, but no one wants to take the chance because they're just, 
I don't know, A, uneducated or B, uninterested. And fuck, man, if there's the ability to, I'll take my shot at it. Get those in there. But now, try uh, to spice up the room. And are these like, because obviously, like, um, there's like, I, I know there's like the bigger venues, like House of Blues. And are you, are you talking about just like the like types of venues, like just below that? Or are you talking about like on that type of level? Um, Below that, like the 700 cap rooms. Okay. We did a knock loose show on Fremont Street. That's 700 cap room. So to try to do more shows like that, mm-hmm. I think is where I want to be in 23. While still doing all the smaller shows, of course, because those are the ones we honestly love doing the most. But I still think there's a market for those shows because those don't happen here, man. I don't know why. but. And where was it at on Fremont Street? Literally like right in the heart of downtown, man. You know where the El Cortez is? Yeah. Across the street from it. Could that be like a consistent venue for that type of show? Or is that was that just like a one-time deal? Uh, that was a one-time deal for us. Oceano's playing there actually in a couple of days, but um, I think we can make it consistent if we had the right shows. And was the Knock Loose one a successful one, in your opinion? Yeah. I mean, we were going up against Hatebreed, which for me, you know how I am about Hatebreed, man. That's mm-hmm. my favorite forever. But we did, I think it was almost 650. So we almost sold out, but um, we had Hapri going on the strip against it was Hapri and Dropkick. Okay. And then there was this big Renaissance fair that people go to. And the same day was some fest in San Bernardino, man. You might be able to tell me what it was. It was, um, what's the Adata Rember thing called? Self-help? Yeah, self-help. So it was that. Knock Loose played that the same day. And then drove to Vegas and played our show. So they did two shows in one day in two different cities. But people were like scared Knock Loose was canceling and shit. It was kind of like, it wasn't a big deal. But mm-hmm. like um, being the promoter, having people message me like, how are they going to play this show? You know what I mean? Bullshit like that. But that show, I would say, was a pretty damn good success considering we're still like DIY promoters, man. We literally show up, build our stages. Like everyone does everything ourselves. So that was a big win for us. I felt like, so I think we can do more shows like that. And has the opportunity been there? Have you, uh, you know, cause uh, that, uh, you know, show, uh, you know, happened a while ago, but uh, have you, have you been contacted or has, has there been any talks about doing something like that again? So we had one offer we were doing there and then the pandemic happened. Okay. And everything basically reset. Um, we kind of got back to our ways doing the shows at these other venues. So I, I mean, I, I just need to tell our agents, we have the ability to do this here, blah, blah, blah. So that's going to be like a priority for next year is just trying to secure some of these bigger tours. For sure, no, that that's cool. Cause, uh, yeah, you're right. If there's no market for that, and uh, you've seen what you did with that, uh, you know, last knock loose show that you did, so the opportunity is definitely there because there are you know bands on that level 
um, that could sell out those kinds of rooms consistently. So I, I think that would be a cool thing to, to bring to your city. Yeah. We, I mean, we had the tsunami show and that sold out post eight. So even like a band like tsunami, mm-hmm. I mean, tsunami's big. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but they're selling out our only option for shows right now, really. So it's trying to establish a bigger option because kind of like get to the point where we have to. Yeah, it seems like a good problem to have. Yeah, no, definitely. And oh. yeah, since then, since that tsunami show, a lot of kids are consistently coming to every show, man. All of them buying merch, like doing all the fucking right shit. So. Yeah, and and that's the best way, right? Is when the the young kids come through, and when they're you know bringing their friends, and that's like that snowball effect, and they're gonna hopefully usher in the next wave of kids to help and you know, you know give that scene the opportunity to thrive and to grow. Yeah, I think as long as there's the right people doing the shows, it can. As long as it doesn't have that too much of like a corporate vibe to it. Which, I mean, obviously we'll never have the corporate vibe, but as long as it still looks like it's people within doing it, it should be, it should flourish, man. Yeah, it seems like you guys have, uh, you know, things, you know, pretty locked down because obviously with the group of people that you surround yourself with, you guys are all, uh, you know, veterans uh, who understand the music, but also you guys are still involved into going to shows and, you know, keeping up with what's currently going on. So you guys aren't out of touch with the current state of hardcore. Yeah. And we all like different kinds of shit too, man. So we got a good team, man. We're all, you know, we're all friends for almost 20 years. Yeah. I, I feel like that, that's really important too, to, to have like that, um, your know, diverse taste in music. Cause obviously you could fall into the trap of just booking one type of hardcore and that's cool but that gets kind of old really fast because there's so many different types out there um, that are all just as equally as good yeah there's every vegas is weird too man we'll, you'll do a show and have 200 kids and then you'll do another hardcore style show and it's 200 different kids and it's like fuck man it's like where it's like how do i get all these kids at the same room at yeah the same time that's the tsunami show but then mm-hmm. It's crazy that that can happen. Yeah, it's crazy to think that there's that many different kids. Yeah. In Vegas, which is, I guess you could say, still a B market compared to other markets, but. And. Do you you guys ever think about going into like the suburbs or anywhere else, or do you just like keeping it where, um, you know, the shows are happening at right now? Um, I like where they're at right now because you're. It's so, it's easy, man. The people that run the place trust you. Mm. Um, we have a system. Um, everyone that goes to shows, they kind of know the system. They know where you go, where you park, where you, where you pay, where they know it all. But I mean, long term, I think the idea is to open a venue ourselves, man. Like that's ideal. That'd be I mean, sick. Just do it forever, but. I think we do have to find a new spot at some point just to like, not that the bands are high maintenance, but I would like to have a better stage or some kind of lighting, just a better overall like gig experience for bands. 
um, I think it's fun now. It's very fucking cool. And have you been to Post State yet? No, no, I've never no. been. I, I've only seen videos and pictures. It's fun, man. It's very. It'll give you like the Leathernecks vibe, man. And where do you? Uh, who owns the stage? Because I think it's cool that you actually have a stage this time. Because obviously, uh, uh, Leathernecks there's like that little step up, but it was basically on the floor. Yeah. We rent it from um, another promoter in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a uh, remember the extreme thing. Yeah. He books that big ass festival. He um he runs the venue I did that knock loose show at. Mm-hmm. So he just has just production shit for days. So we just rent it off him monthly or for gigs and build it. Motherfucker's heavy, so it takes a group of us, but it's just a better dynamic, man. I think it looks cooler. Yeah, have it. Have a nice stage. Yeah, that's cool. No, I I, I definitely dig that. But that's, that's awesome that you actually you know take the effort to do something like that because you could easily just not have a stage and have it all on the floor and uh, you know just be on that type of vibe. But um, having stages is definitely cool too. Yeah, I like the stage setups. I mean, you'll get bands that I think Sanction was like, "Yo, let's ditch the stage." They wanted the full the full Veterans Hall experience, like mm-hmm. the old school days, but. All, that makes it easier for us, you know. We don't got to set that thing up, but it's just—I don't know. I think it adds more, man. I, I don't think—I think if we didn't do that in the beginning, the our shows wouldn't have caught on like like they did. Because, like, I mean, let's be real, man. A lot of people they want a stage for the shows they're going to see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People are weird. They just—it looks better to certain people. So we made the decision to try to do it for a couple of shows and it just fucking worked, man. It just, the shows looked better through pictures, which brings more people and it's just a snowball effect, man. Yeah. Yeah. That, that little touch could be the reason why things are where they're at today. You never know. So it's like, fuck it. It's cool. Yeah. And you know, th- there's always like big music stuff going on in, in your area. Do you guys ever try to, go out and try to network if that could even be like a resource to maybe help you guys out in the future with what you're doing. Um, I mean, we've had like conversations about doing like weird shit, like having a stage at a big music festival, something like that. But it's always just kind of ended at talks. Um, I don't know. I kind of like what we do now. I'd like to just be us and just stick to that you know Mm -hmm. but i think the most of the networking we do is to just try to better what we're doing more than anything um being in someone else's thing i don't know if that's what we're really trying to do and did you see that video of drain when they played vegas recently at the yeah at PsychoFest. Yeah, I, well, that shit looked crazy. Um, I, I I could not believe like <laughs> how wild that was. Um, w- were you there? Do you know anybody who was in attendance? I wasn't there. Um, that festival is expensive, man, and I didn't really want to pay for it. To be honest with you. Okay, but, that's fair. Um, Spirit World was playing at the same time as Drain, so a lot of the people I knew that went mm-hmm. were watching Spirit World. Um drain that shit looked crazy man everyone's just jumping over the barricade at what's a 
predominantly like death metal fest or black metal. Yeah. So, yeah, that was awesome to see, man. I loved it. Yeah, shout out to Drain. They're uh, getting all the love that they deserve and more. Great band. Yeah, and that band, if they get on some of these big tours, man, that energy that they have is just like, you want to be included in it. Mm-hmm. Did, did you I see think their, that's going to be huge for them. Did you see their Outbreak video that dropped a couple days ago? I actually watched it last night, man. <laughs> In, insane. That, that, that gave me chills to see how many people were going off. Yeah. It's so cool, man. I love what they're doing. I hope I hope they are the biggest band in the world. Same here. They, they deserve it. All great people. Shout out to Drain. Um I am curious that there's a, uh, you mentioned spirit world. They're, they're doing a thing. Uh, is it the end of the year at Brooklyn bowl? Do you know um, who, who's like a part of that or who's putting that on? Do, do you have any like, you know, uh, contact with those kind of people? Cause when I look at a show like that, I'm like, okay, I, I think that venue is pretty chill. Cause I know like some, you know, I feel like that's like a, like another bigger venue. Is that place even an option for you guys? That, the, the ghost inside show, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, the, uh, Brooklyn bowl. They booked that themselves. They basically handpicked that lineup, mm-hmm. which is that lineup's so cool. But um, that's like a House of Blues kind of venue, man. Um, that venue is more relaxed on dancing versus House of Blues. But I mean, I guess we'll see at that show because that show is an actual more hardcore show than the ones I've seen there. I've never seen an actual hardcore show there. Okay, but. The security seems kind of MIA from the pit from what I've seen there, but um, I've tried to book there. I know we were going to, we wanted to try to do turnstile there, but we just couldn't get in with the venue there, man. Those are the kind of venues like they have in-house promoters and that's that. They don't really like outsource you in basically. So would be cool, but yeah, but if they're, I'd rather just at that point, if we're gonna get to that level to have those kind of shows, because that's I think two thousand cap. I'm not sure I have two thousand cap shows. I mean, I've, if you have the venue for it, the shows will find you. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. I didn't realize that that room was that big. It's big, man. It's it's pretty fucking big. I went to Hatebreed there a couple weeks ago with Anthrax. So it's a it's one of those venues, man. Mm-hmm. Like Fox Theater in Pomona, kind of like that. Jeez, the place is. I hate that place. The place has terrible sound. Yeah, this place has good sound, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's cool. It's just we'll see how it is for this show because I imagine. This show's going to be dominantly hardcore kids. I mean, I'm not sure what Ghost Inside draws anymore. I don't think it's dominantly hardcore kids, but um, the lineup itself is just... Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that band's huge, because I remember when they did their comeback show, I think it was their comeback show, it was a couple of years ago, they did it like the same night as Sound and Fury, and I had friends that went to their show, and yeah, they're... It was like a Warped Tour show, right? It yeah. It was like a big ass there, yeah, it was outdoors. I think it was at the Shrine Hall Expo, if I remember correctly. And yeah, they just, insane amount of people. And, and granted, you yeah, have the big deal for them to, to come back after the the incident that they went through. And it was definitely a, a, a cool moment for all them to be able to hit the stage again. 
but yeah, the insane amount of people were at that show and also sound of fury too. um, you know, sold out big thing, but, um, you know, it, it shows that there's, uh, like a, a market for them and they have like a huge fan base. You know, I, I didn't realize how big they were until that, so that, that show they did. I knew they were big, but they're one of those bands that like, they kind of elevated out of hardcore mm-hmm. and they started doing all these bigger tours to where I don't even think you knew how big they were on their own. So that I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. I used to live across the street from one of their um, original guitar players. And for some reason he would like, <laughs> he would store his uh, like some of his equipment um, in my apartment. Cause my uh, roommate uh, was friends with them. And then I would hear about like the kind of money they'd be making on the road. And I was like, damn, that's insane. Like, and this was years ago. I'm thinking this is probably like, like, like almost like 10 years ago at this point. And do you hear how much money they're making back then? And they've only gotten bigger since then. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're a big band, man. Yeah. I, I just love yeah. that they handpicked that lineup. Like that's obviously some shit I would fucking want to put together. If I handpicked a lineup, it looks some shit like that. Like mm-hmm. just for them to be able to say, Oh, we're gonna have Hatebreed play with us. That's such a fucking cool thing. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, I, I think some of them live in Vegas now. Yeah. yeah. I think three of them. They come to shows every every once in a while, man. They're they're cool dudes. That's awesome, yeah. Because for for a band on that level, they definitely don't have to do anything extra. But for them to still show support to the local stuff, that's definitely really cool to hear. Yeah, they um Jim is awesome, man. Jim's a cool dude. He plays he plays bass. But yeah, they included us in the rollout for that. Everybody thought we booked it, but we were just part of the announce. But. Mm-hmm. Good dudes, man. I'm stoked to see Hatebreed. Good old Hatebreed. Yeah, they they're consi- consistently good. They're they're going to be out here pretty soon. Um, they're playing the House of Blues in Anaheim. Yeah, is that with the Gate Creeper and uh, that's the Perseverance tour, I imagine. Yeah, with uh, Dying Wishes on it uh, out here. Dude, that band's killing it right now, aren't they? Oh yeah, they're like consistently doing big shit. They were, they went from being on tour with Code Orange to Limp Biscuit to the Double Wars Prada to Nexus Hatebreed. So, unreal, man. Yeah, no, and to, to th- and I feel like they're like a prime example of a band, right? Coming out of um, the Portland scene, um, which isn't known to be a scene, and there's no disrespect, but it's not known to be a scene to generate hype bands or any like the bigger bands but um it, it's it's a prime example to show you that a good band could come from any scene it doesn't have to be from any of the coastal scenes or any of the bigger scenes yeah. uh, good music can come, come from anywhere and dying wish is a prime example of that because they uh, you know carve their own path and look at where they're at today they're doing cool shit big shit and it's all well deserved so it's like i, I hope that band can be an inspiration to people who may not be from a bigger scene to to you know show that you can make it happen if you try hard enough yeah, they worked their ass off too, man. Mm-hmm. They toured. Emma does all the Portland shows. I'm not sure if she does all of them, but I know she's extremely involved out there. So mm-hmm. it's always good to see people that are involved to get rewarded. So yeah, for sure. Well deserved from her and those people. Yeah. So shout out Dying Wish. Go see them when they're on tour again. 
seems like they're nonstop, which is cool. It seems like they, they love being on the road and uh, they're consistently doing cool shit. So I'm stoked for them. That's what I mean, though, is like all those tours they've been on. Well, Limp Bizkit played here, but Double Wears Prada, that didn't come here. Um, straight from the past. Like none of those shows came to Vegas. Really? Not the even only the Dying Wish show since we booked them is Limp Bizkit. Co- the Code Orange tour didn't hit, hit your um, city? Oh, shit, it did. Okay. My bad. You got me. All right, sorry. I, yeah, it's still um, two out of four. That's still, you know, th- those other shows could have easily um, hit your city because it. You 100%. Know. So. Well, yeah, Code Orange did play here. Well, hopefully you're the reason. You and Black Path and all, all the homies, you guys are the reason that those shows start going back to Vegas. Because if the opportunity is there, I feel like bands should take it. There's no reason to skip it over if it's known. You know, the, the, there's a known history of shows going there being successful and good. People shouldn't, you know, stop ignoring it. Those promoters should, you know, get in tune. They should talk to Black Path, figure it out. Yeah, Dude, there's there's so many shows now. You can't even. I can't even keep track, man. Between us. Outlook does a lot of shows, and then there's just DIY house shows going on all the time. It's like, man, it's almost hard to keep up. Dude. Good problem to have, but mm-hmm. hopefully it doesn't lead to like over saturating the market. But no, I, I do believe in oversaturation in, in some cases. But when it comes to to music, there's so many different bands, there's so many different genres that um, as long as you keep it consistently rolling through, it's not like the same bands over and over again. I, I feel like it'll be fine. And, you know, obviously, when yeah. you mention, uh, you know, Black Path, um, Outlook and the punk shows, you know, uh, all three different stuff, like I, I feel like uh, you guys have like your own lane so it, I, I feel like it, it wouldn't become to the point where it's oversaturation where people are, are sick of going to shows and it's uh you know a, a, a chore or they'll just skip it and go to the next one yeah definitely what's well, weird because there's so many different like i said man we'll have a show with 200 kids this night and it's a whole different 200 kids the next one it's it's hard to describe man sometimes it's hard to describe but i mean if they're still excited they're still excited i'll take it all day Hundred percent. We'll be here regardless, you know. Yeah, no, that's it's it's definitely cool to see. Like I said, it's awesome to see you being heavily involved and making things happen. Uh, shout out to to Black Path. It's it's something a cool thing to see. Like like I, I tell everybody, I'm like, hey, if if you get a chance, you should play Vegas. And like I said, anytime I've ever talked to anybody who has, it's been nothing but good things. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. We try, man. For sure, no. It, it, I the, the effort's there. I'm telling you, like like people know, and the the people that go through there, it, it's always them willing and wanting to go back and have another good experience out there. So, That's the goal, man. You know, for sure. We'll just keep doing what you're doing. It's definitely amazing to see. Uh, I'm stoked for all of you guys out there. I hope uh, you know more Vegas bands come to California. I hope more bands from California go to Vegas. It's definitely an awesome thing. Yeah. That's how it used to be, man, you know? So, but you keep doing this too, man. I love this. 
I, I appreciate it, man. No, it's it, it's my way to give back. So it, it's as fun as it is for people to listen. It's still just as fun for me to do. I I, I love doing this every week. So I, I said, I'll, I'll keep going as long as there's people listening. When that, um, you know, when the analytics come in and they tell me that there's zero pe- people listening, that's when I'll hang it up. But as long as there's people out there paying attention and, uh, you know, uh, supporting, I'll continue to give back because this is something that I truly love to do every week. So I, I appreciate everybody listening. I, I appreciate you coming on, Dustin. This is something that I love to do every week. It's one of the funnest things to talk about, man. The core. Exactly. This is something that never gets old to me. That's why I, I, I do it all the time. This is this is one of the few things besides MMA and Disney. I could talk about hardcore all day. <laughs> but you've been watching She-Hulk, dude. Oh my God, no! I've <laughs> okay. You, you, you want to get into this? Um, <laughs> so I got to the tail end of Miss Marvel. Um, did not finish it. It was. Uh, it was. I didn't think Miss Marvel was horrible, but it just wasn't what I wanted from a Kamala Khan series. And that's why uh, for for people who are listening, that's why Dan and I haven't even done like a recap because I haven't even talked to Dan about uh, Miss Marvel, let alone She Hulk. Um, she Hulk is something that I want to. I, I will get into it at some point, but it's not something that I'm like super excited for. Just uh, from what I've seen and based off the uh, you know YouTube pages that I follow that have like talked about it, it it's just something. Okay, like let's just get through it. I'll, I'll figure it out. It's not gonna be like my my favorite thing, but it's it, it's. I, I'm just waiting for Disney Plus to get good again because like the way it started off was amazing but i just felt like um somewhere they just went wrong but i'm hoping with the new stuff that's announced with like daredevil loki season two and just like the newer stuff that you know it'll get back on track and it'll be like good again you might as well just watch let it finish man and then just watch a youtube summary of the season yeah just watch you like a recap um, moon Knight was great Moon Knight was good. Yeah, I Moon, enjoyed it. Moon Knight was awesome. It, it was definitely uh, something that I was very curious about how they would a- approach that character. But I feel like they, they did a really good job and left it open ended to do more. Um, but I'm not sure if they'll revisit that character. But I I, I enjoyed Moon Knight. It was way better than I thought it would be. Yeah, I I, I liked it a lot. But they're losing me, man. The last two movies weren't that good. And you didn't you didn't like Doctor Strange? I didn't, man. Interesting. I think I went into it overhyped. Okay. It, it, it underdelivered, but Thor, I was just like, man, I don't want to watch a comedy. Um, I, I was down on Thor. N- not a big fan of Thor, so I, I definitely feel you on that one. Yeah. But so, so, Sorry, we have... Um, what's at the end of the year? Oh, we have Black Panther 2. That, that looks great. That should be great, man. Uh, it's going to be an emotional roller coaster, right? We have to say goodbye to T'Challa, and then we got to welcome in Shuri, which should be chill. That should be good. It's going to be that where when Angela Bassett's talking about how have I not given everything already? Wow, that's going to be emotional. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's going to be a good movie. Obviously, there's like a, a bunch of controversy over like you know with what happened to Chadwick Boseman, which is tragic. Um, but it's, you know, nobody's left in an easy um, spot to, to, to move forward. Right. Cause, um, uh, Ryan Coogler is going to get a lot of uh, criticism for having to, you know, rewrite this whole thing. And then anybody who steps into that role, they're going to have to face a lot of criticism because they're not 
Chadwick Boseman, but it, but you know it's, it's not really fair to anybody because nobody asked for for what happened to to have happened. So it's just you know everybody's just trying to deal with it and move on in the best way for everybody. Uh, you know, not just yeah, like damned if I do, damned if I don't kind of scenario for. Exactly. No, like, that, that's that's true because nobody knows what the right move is. Right, you just have to uh, you know hope for the best in whatever decision you make. Because uh, even like I've been critical because uh, I, I wish they would have just recasted and just kind of ignored the fact that the obviously not ignore, but I was like, right, I've tried to past, but like that doesn't mean you have to kill off the actual like Black Panther character, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, but I'm not making the movie, so I don't have to face those problems. That's just what I would have wanted to happen, but I'm definitely open to seeing how the movie is going to play out because it, it still could be good. Like I, I, I'm a fan of the director, so I, I don't imagine this movie turning to crap just because uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away. I, I still feel like there's like a whole, you know, movie behind it. So I, I think it'll be fine. It's just going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out in the fans' eyes. Yeah, it'll be interesting, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think everyone just literally like they didn't see him as Chadwick Boseman. He was everyone's Black Panther. Like, yeah, no, it was just one of those like perfect castings, right? Like they just nailed it. Like how, like for me, I, I'm a you know huge Iron Man fan. Like I don't see anybody else in that role besides Robert Downey Jr. No way. Yeah. No way. Yeah, it's like recast him after I die, so I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> but okay, well, Dustin, this has been awesome. I, I'm definitely stoked to have been able to have you on. I I'm still a huge fan of. Uh, the Las Vegas hardcore scene. Um, any chance that I get, I will always say positive things about you and your friends and what you guys are doing out there. So I, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to do the podcast today. Of course, man. Thanks for having me, man. I know we talked about it for a while. Yeah. And hopefully you can come out soon, man. Otherwise, I'll probably see you maybe sooner. But yeah, no, for sure. I I definitely want to get out there. I, I want to experience the scene again i want to see uh everybody wants to see albert aaron eddie hopefully adam legs will roll out to a show he's always eating these fancy dinners um maybe (laughs) he'll decide to roll out (laughs) okay for sure um he goes to all of them so that's awesome all here man all right well i I will definitely make it happen it it will definitely be a, a, a trip and a cool experience yeah and we'll go get a fancy dinner too man we'll include you in it rest in peace timbers <laughs> all right timbers, yeah timbers <laughs> love going that's a whole other pod man. a whole other pod yes all right yeah we'll, we'll we'll say that one for, for for next time but before we sign off is there anything else you would like to say um no i'm good man thanks for thanks for having me man thanks for taking the time out for sure uh thank you you're welcome anytime thank you for everybody who tuned in this has been another episode of the dream market podcast we'll be back soon goodbye